Welcome, everybody, to the first ever Washington football team podcast crossover. I am your host, Andy, but I am not alone today. I am joined by many hosts. We have from the Redskins Addicts, Rodney. Rodney, how are you, sir? I'm good, brother. How are you doing, Andy? Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're more it. than welcome. Thanks for, thanks, for, thanks for coming on board. From the Burgundy Zone, we have Kyle. Kyle, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm ready for this legendary quad pod. Let's go. Let's go. And my from the Washington Brawl, Parker. Parker, welcome, buddy. What's up, Burroughs? Uh, I think Kyle said it best. Ready for the quad pod. Let's get it going. Yeah, let's um, let's quad pod. Let's, great. Well done, Kyle. I love that. It's, um, so guys, obviously a lot of people are interested, like they, you know, our shows are quite well, are very well listened to now, you know what I mean? We host the, the content that uh, you guys put out, that we put out is very, very good. So a lot of people are interested how you started a Washington podcast, why you started a Washington podcast. So I'll start with you, Carl. How did the uh, Burgundy Zone come around? Obviously, it's a, it's a very popular podcast. That I, I love it. I know the guys do. How did you first come about starting a podcast, my friend? Well, we originally, as a group, came up with this whole idea for the sports drunkies. Um, and that's uh, like kind of our group of friends with Hall and stuff. And I had my own circle of friends and they were like, dude, like, you know, you should start your own thing. You know, they're great and all. But, you know, you are different, dude. I think you should do your own thing with the with the Redskins. And I was like, you know, I'm thinking about it. But the way things were, I couldn't pick anybody from the drunkies because they would because it's like a group of 10 of us. OK, so they all 10 of them would want to come. So that's why Hall at first didn't transition over. So I picked I found somebody that I thought was one of my closest and probably one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. And Michael Reed, um, knowing him and growing up with him at, through school, he was a huge Redskins fan and he is a fantastic person. Um, he actually not a lot of people know this. Um, Michael Reed actually tried to do stand up comedy. At one point, I actually did a couple open mic nights. And oh, stuff. my God. <laughs> I can yeah, actually he, see he, him doing that. I can see it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. He's hilarious. And so then uh, so Reed and I, we started and all we had was a crappy laptop and a microphone that my brother let me use. Um, we started from there. And then uh, a couple of friends of ours have an entertainment company and they offered to let us use their equipment for a little while. Uh, but then that ended up phasing out. So then we transitioned to the quarantine kind of style of broadcast and that was kind of hard to do but right now um we're we joined up forces with hall and we have three great guys uh two and uh, two other great guys who have really really good and knowledgeable i always say this hall it, whenever you're talking fantasy or nfl college players the dude has an eye for talent you know if you want to know if somebody is good at any level go to mike hall and he'll be able to give you some spot on great analysis and then reed is a draft fanatic along with fantasy and you know, you know, with Reed, you know, you just recorded with him yesterday. The dude is hilarious. Yeah, I can, I can now see why you're so good at fantasy football, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's all point. But I, I'm better than all of them. Uh, okay, we're breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> breaking news, guys. When you listen to this, Carl is better than all of you. Right. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, Parker, the uh, Washington Brawl, my friend. How did you? What made you want to start that? What brought you to the podcast world? Well, I mean, honestly, it's it's a story very similar to Kyle's. Um, I always had people tell me that I, you know, should kind of get something going in the audio format. Um, didn't really start off as anything else, though. I kind of just went straight into it. Um, started off with the Burgundy Breakdown. Um, ended up moving on from that. Um, actually went to school growing up with Chris. We both played football together. Always, always had pretty good conversations. Always has a good banter back and forth. And you know, he kind of came to me after I was done with my initial podcast. I was like, "Look, man, you know, I, I think we should get this going." 
then we started Capital Hail. After a couple months, Brawl Network listened to us, reached out to us, and you know, love to have you guys on. Have you on with former uh, player Garrett Hudson? Um, you know, I actually, uh, as nerdy as it sounds, I actually follow the Rich, Richmond Spiders a little bit. So I knew of Garrett, knew he played for the Redskins at one point, knew he played in the AF, XFL. So, I mean, the opportunity excited me. You know, then we get on board, already 15 episodes in. We got some really good chemistry, already building a pretty good following. We're really thankful for it. You know, Garrett's really knowledgeable. You know, Chris is going to school for this kind of stuff. And, you know, and then, you know, I, I try to carry as much as I can and, you know, all of it clicks and, you know, really thankful for everything we've got going so far. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, all of you guys are like, like I've said many times, I'm a big, big Washington fan. Like, I've been a fan since 2000. But the, even listening to you guys, I'm I'm still learning about the, the game and the players and everything like that. And I know a lot of UK fans are. So a lot of the feedback that I've got, including Rodney, which we're going to come to your podcast last because I've got some interesting questions for you, my friend. But the, uh, the feedback I get from over here is from the UK fans. It's like, what good podcast to listen to and learn more about the Washington franchise. So you guys should all be very proud of what you're doing. Uh, Rodney, I'm leaving you last, my friend, because the, what's, uh, about five people messaged me the same question, maybe more actually. How how are you finding calling your podcast the Redskins Addict still? Because I know Parker had a little bit of beef about his changing name. So yeah, Rodney, let me go grab a popcorn. I'm ready for this. Yeah. One. So Rodney, <laughs> I'm interested as well because I was I could have messaged you privately about this, but I didn't because I think everyone wants to know why are you still called the Redskins, Redskins Addicts and have you got any shit over it? Not really any shit over it, but here, here's the reason behind us still renaming or remaining the Redskins Addicts. The Washington football team, it seems to be a purgatory name right now. And I'm not a multi-billion dollar company. I don't have the, you know, the advertising assets. And I won't even pretend that like our pod is that big where it's, it's going to re- require a huge overhaul. But as we're, we just start this pod the 5th of June. So we're mm-hmm. fairly new. Um, I think probably a couple of weeks behind you, Andy, uh, to be honest. Now, once the name is finalized and we become the, the Red Tails, the Red Hawks, the Warriors, whatever, more than likely we will rename the pod. Um, but I just haven't really seen a need to do it yet. Um, some folks will occasionally uh, send me some, um, some hate mail on the Twitter, like my inbox, call me a scumbag or, you know, we're not the Redskins anymore. I'll change mm-hmm. your name F- for me. Like I don't, it doesn't bother me. Um, it's always just men, a team name. Um, I'm not tied to the name per se, whether they were the Washington Redskins or like I said, Washington football team. It's just for me, it's, we're still starting out. Uh, all the links or everything are tied to Redskins addicts. The email is Redskins addicts at Gmail. Um, so I just didn't really want to go through a temporary purgatory naming of a pod only to once again have to change it, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months from now when we hopefully have a finalized uh, team name. Yeah, well, there you go, everyone. that has been asking why uh, Rodney still calls it the Redskins, Alex. You've heard it from the, the man himself. But um, Parker, you had a little bit of beef with the Washington Broad, didn't you? Yeah, man. I mean, it was crazy. You know, we, we started the Redskins brawl back like late January, early February. And, you know, we like I said, we we, we had done a lot of marketing and, you know, so we, we were actually about to pull out like our first line of merch. You know, we had like one shirt out. But um, as soon as the name changed here recently, man, I mean, it was it was the exact opposite of, of Rodney. You know, it was almost instantaneous. Oh, why are you still Redskins brawl? You know, blah, 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 blah. And I was just 
it honestly just threw me off. You know, I had people like tweeting us, asking us why our handle was still Redskins Brawl. And then and we still got those same people sending us stuff saying, oh, well, why is it Washington Brawl? You know, that's not going to be the name. So I, I can honestly kind of empathize with Ronnie and understand why he wouldn't want to completely overhaul his stuff for a name that's supposed to be temporary. I mean, I've got early access to the new Madden game. If you look at the new Madden game, they don't even have the helmets right, man. So, I mean, this is kind of a a, a change in progress. You know, everything's not really finalized. I know that they're finally getting some merchandise up, but, I mean, we're far from getting a new name. So, honestly, can't fault Rodney for that. But, I mean, on our, on our side of it, you know, like I said, there was a lot of backlash. I, it it kind of threw me off, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned the name change there now, Parker. Obviously, I was on your podcast last week, and uh, I I know that you guys were very big Red Wolves fans. So, my man Kyle is in the room right now. Let, mm-hmm. And I mentioned in your podcast, don't get Kyle started on the Red Wolves name. However, <laughs> I'm going to get Kyle started on the Red Wolves name just because you're here, Parker. So, Kyle, Red Wolves, yes or no? Uh, no, I, because dude, my, my high school was the Clarksburg coyotes. Um, and so at football games, you know, the howling was already a thing and I can guarantee you is I know it's fun right now, but it gets old really, really quickly, especially when you have drunk fans at a stadium, they're just howling for no reason. It's going to happen at all times. And it's annoying. There's other ways you can do chance. And I understand the way that Fred Smoot kind of gives the, the sales pitch of it, it kind of makes a lot of sense with a oh, howling 90,000 fans. But at some point, you know, you're going to have to imagine if any 90,000 fan, 50,000 fans doing anything together is awesome. You know, so it doesn't matter what that aspect is. But my look, my favorite is Washington Warriors. Look, I love the military aspect of it. There's no other professional sports franchise in America that honors the military right now. And there's so many different avenues that you can go down under Washington Warriors, such as you could have a uniform combination of the Red Tails, or you could have a statue outside the new stadium giving honor to the Red Tails under the Warriors umbrella. And then you're talking about a flyover before every game. Um, and so I feel like there's so many different avenues to go under with Warriors. And we've already seen with this team that, they they were had one of the worst seasons last season, but now look at them. They actually got some buzz going, and you can't tell me that after one winning season as the Washington Warriors that they would supersede Golden State, who's now looking for like a, a lottery pick, I'm pretty sure. Got a lot of number two overall lottery pick. So the fact is, I feel like this could be a franchise that could take the league by storm, that could do something unprecedented, and that could, you know, it could give the Washington team standards to live by. In my, uh, in my opinion, in a standard to live up to. And I think that kind of guideline is something this organization has been missing. Very well put, my friend. Parker, in your face with your Red Bulls, buddy. What, uh, anything to say, my friend? I mean, I, I completely respect <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I completely respect it. You know, I mean, if it, as long as it's, like I said, as long as it's done well, I, I'm really indifferent about what the name is. Personally, I wouldn't touch Red Tails with a 100-yard stick. Um, you know, you're trying kind of trying to avoid the controversy. You're kind of trying to avoid offending the wrong people. And I, I just don't think that red tails is the right thing to do. And, you know, like I told you, I'm, I'm pro whatever looks best and whatever sounds best. Yes. I like the red wolves. I mean, you know, you look at our logo, we got like the, the claw going through it. So I mean, red wolves brawls built in. I'm a big <laughs> fan of a lot of the concepts that people have done. I'm a big fan of just the movement that it started because I mean, quite frankly, you look on social media over the last couple of seasons, like Kyle said, we haven't quite frankly haven't been very good. So to see fans unite in anything, 
to see fans get riled up about anything to me is a good thing. And that was kind of a movement that had taken over social media by storm. Now, I think a big reason that there's a, a lot of bad connotations with Red Wolves mainly is because those same people are not open to the idea of any other names. It's like, it's got to be Red Wolves or else. So I think because of that, the Red Wolves mob gets kind of a bad look. And I do think it kind of separates the younger fans from kind of the more tenured fans as well. You know, I, I think I think it's kind of the point now where it's a little bit political. So I don't really argue with people about it. I think I think you can still do all the things with Warriors that you can do with Red Wolves and vice versa. You know, I think you can still do those flyovers. You know, like I said, as long as it looks good, it represents the team well. I mean, heck, if this 2020 season goes well for the Washington football team, we might even stick with that name. So. Like I said, I'm pro whatever's best for the Washington football team. Of course, I'm going to be pro Red Wolf just because, you know, for marketing's sake and, and licensing's sake, it would definitely do good for us. But I'm definitely not opposed <laughs> to Warriors. As much as yeah, I said, yeah, and I said this on the pod uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, a lot of those, like, Red Wolves concepts that they're putting out, the only kind of reference that it has to Red Wolves is, like, literally the name on the jersey. So the uniform concept can be used for any other name when you think about it. Because it's not like their logo has anything to do with the uniform concept. So all of these different jersey combinations they're doing, you can do that with any name. So yeah, yeah. that's why they that's why they look so good, in my opinion. Is is it, it all it has is the reference is to the name on the jersey, and you can't even see that, in my opinion. So a lot of the time, those uniform concepts can transcend to any name that they pick. I think it's quite funny how like you're seeing all over Twitter now and everything like it's like save the Red Wolf, sponsor a Red Wolf. It's like, where yeah, the yeah. hell have you guys been for the last god knows how many years? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think both parties are kind of silly when they kind of like okay, that, that's the thing about me. I think I don't know if you guys have ever heard the term simp, but I feel like some people simp way too hard for one name or or too hard for the other. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like the, the Red Wolves people are like, well, we have to save the Red Wolves. You know, there's political reasonings behind the name. And, you know, it's like it's not that deep, man. It's it's the name of a team. You know, as, as long as it sounds cool and looks cool, that's really all that most people care about. And, you know, with the Warriors, you know, I respect what Costa is about the military. You know, I've got a lot of people in, the, in my family that are in the military as well. And, you know. Salute service. I love all that goes. So got got a jersey and salute service jersey. You know, I love all the flyovers. I love all that stuff. But you know, up to this point, the Washington Redskins were a team that you know they said that really served the military. But there's really nothing about the Redskins name that really you know sticks out and says you know oh we honor our troops. So yeah, I feel like you can still do that with any name you pick. And but I mean, like Kyle said, it definitely would help if it was the Warriors. And I mean, if you're if we want to be honest with ourselves here, they've already kind of started doing it. I mean, the the big W. I mean, obviously yeah. they got something to work with there. So I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I absolutely cannot stand the Golden State Warriors, and I, I just I that that's all I can think of when I think of them. But if they choose that, I'm not going to be opposed to it. I'm going to be a fan no matter what. I'm not one of these people who's using the name as a scapegoat to just stop following a team that's been mediocre for the last decade. Yeah, and one other thing, and you guys know with the Navy-Army game, how much turnout that game gets every year. And you have to imagine, if you have a, a pro football team here that is honoring the military, what do you with so much of a military presence down in the Virginia, Maryland, D.C. Uh, area, you have to imagine if, if Snyder wants to sell tickets, that's one way to be able to get those people in the building because they're going to love to do that. Yeah, Good I mean, point. Rodney, you're a, obviously you're a military man. For those that don't know, I've, I've known Rodney for quite a few years and I know he's a military guy. I mean, where I know I've listened to the Addicts podcast quite a lot. I know you guys have uh, had some talk about this. Rodney, what's your whole thoughts on the whole re representing the military and everything like that? So I know that's something close to your heart. For me, um, I'm all about remaining impartial if possible. I just want to make sure whatever name we get, the, the name squatter dude 
and like Alexandria or Ashburn, wherever he is, doesn't get a dime. So I don't care what we call ourselves. Like we could be the Washington Poop for all I care. I don't want him to get a single red cent. Um, one thing I actually like those um the red spears. I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen that concept. Ooh, I, like I, had, that. I like that. I had I had pulled on that like a couple of months ago. Um, really raw. Like the dude has like the Washington Red Spears project. He um put put out like uniform templates. Still has the burgundy and gold. Has some black uniforms thrown in. Some all whites. Um, obviously our helmet used to have a spear on it in like the seventies. Mm-hmm. So it's, it still would pay homage to our lineage. Um, keeps the HTTR active. Um, and mm. it seems like that dude was also talking about like, Hey, you can have it for free. If that's the case, I wouldn't mind that dude getting paid because he didn't necessarily squat on something. He just started a movement, uh, before the naming or the renaming, uh, I guess discussion had even come up. Uh, so for me, like, I don't, Paying homage to the military, cool, awesome. Like, it, it, it feels good. Um, but at the end of the day, I just – I wouldn't want anything to be hollow. Like, oh, yeah, we're paying homage to the military. And then beyond that, you open the avenue for folks to just complain. Like, okay, like the mil- you're going to have people who abhor the military, absolutely hate them regardless of, of how positive you want the image to be. They'll be complaining about the Warriors or the Red Tails, Red Hawks, whatever they be. If you say, hey, we're going we're gonna to rename our team this – to honor this. And then people are just going to argue, well, Hey, the, the Redskins were honoring native Americans, but then it was deemed racist. So how can you now deem another group of people? That's my argument with red tails. Like, it's like, yeah. yeah it, just, it, it blows me. Like I'm a black dude, man. Like hell, it'll be, it'll be fucking cool. Like, like that, that part of it, paying homage, to like the Tuskegee airmen and that era and everything they went through, like awesome. Like that's, that's a definitely a feel good story. But at the same time, like you literally seen, I think there was like a DC Black Lives Matter group that tweeted immediately, like, do not rename the team uh, the Red Tails. Like, I was like, oh my God, like, I do not want to live through this again. So, yeah, I just, I want, I, well, I think any name they choose, eventually, either you're going to love it and rally behind it, or you'll say, hey, you know, deuces, I'm going to go, you know, root for the Baltimore Ravens up the road. Um, <laughs> but don't do that. I just, I don't do that for sure. Don't don't do that. Um, Earl Thomas can't anymore. <laughs> yo, what's up with him? Is is, is oh, he traded yet or dropped? What isn't up with him is the question. Since since he became Derrick Henry's uh, lead fullback in that playoff game, <laughs> he, he hasn't been the same. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got I got to ask you a question, Rodney. So yeah. you you said that you know that there's the whole mob with you know the uh, I think you said the Warriors and how you know some people aren't going to be satisfied, and then there's the whole Red Tails thing where you know you're kind of People, even though you're playing homage, there's going to be people that are offended by it. I know you suggested the Red Spears, which I, I love that name. I have no issue with it. I think it sounds great. Same but problem. you don't think that same mob absolutely. is going to be like, well, no, absolutely. we're trying to, yeah, I, I, we're I, trying I, to avoid that. And that's and that's the shittiest part of it all. It's like, okay, like you're not. It, it's it's just weird because you have people who say like, hey, we're we're not we're not mascots. We're people. Mm. Like the Redskins logo wasn't a caricature. It wasn't like the Cleveland Indians logo. Like I. I look at that logo. It's it's proud. I'm I'm wearing Redskins pants right now. Like as I'm doing this pod with you guys. Like you know, pants mean something different over here, right? Rodney, all the UK people listen to this are like uh, having an image of you now, just sitting in your boxer shorts. <laughs> they, they are boxer ah. shorts. <laughs> carry on, you carry on. Be, you guys are being cheeky in the UK. Then don't do that. <laughs> do not think of me in boxer shorts. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, like, dude, that that Red Spears thing, without a doubt, like, you have that same argument, and like, it's who can you appease to? Like, whose concerns can you truly acquiesce and say, okay, here's what we're going to take care of? I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard. You, um, what do you guys difficult. think? Now, obviously, I've done a few podcasts since Jason Wright was appointed, and uh, I'll be interested to get your guys' views on it. I got so many messages as well from non-Redskins fa- Washington fans, sorry, over here in the UK. <laughs> Uh, getting messages saying, oh, I think you've only given Jason Wright the job because he's black. And I was like, I went over this with Reed on the Abonus podcast a couple of days ago, and I was like, are you kidding me? But do you think as an organization, we can't do right for doing wrong? No, but th- this is like the whole problem with the whole aspect of like the whole Rooney rule and everything. It's just like literally you should be hiring people based on their qualification. And yes, you should 100% be going having an open look into every single race and that you're looking into, but you need to be hiring based on the best person available. And that's what I believe the Washington football team did is they went out and they got the best guy available, a young guy who has results behind him, who has multiple degrees behind him, who has looks like it seems like an ocean of people willing to offer their support and words in, in defense of him. And it just goes to show that this was the best possible person out there. This was the right person out there. And obviously, by the interviews that we have seen, he's not afraid to be able to speak his mind. And uh, that's exactly what we need as a Washington football team heading our organization, being able to speak out and say things that they don't think deem appropriate. But I love his response and saying that I'm the best qualified for the job. It has nothing to do with my skin color. Yep. That's the way business should be run. And I absolutely love it. And I don't disagree with him. He was absolutely like, if you can go good. and find a white guy as qualified as me, go and give him the job. And I was like, that is such a great <laughs> Did answer. You, I didn't hear him you say that. That's I mean? funny yeah, as hell. Such a, <laughs> right. But do you think, like, you, do you guys think, obviously, do you think if this was any other organization, this wouldn't be blowing up as much? Uh... I don't know. Like people, they want controversy. Everything always Washington. It always seems to be a drama, don't you think? No matter what, it, well, it, what it is, whether it's players, whether it's uh, coaches, it's, anything. It's, it's the timing. It's like a perfect storm accumulation. You know, just this whole off season with the name change, the Wapo article, exactly. um, You know, with Julie Donaldson, everything. It's just kind of a, a, a snowball effect, and people are kind of just like grouping everything into one. You know, and that's why I kind of see it. I think yeah, I mean, used to seeing normalcy and like competency right. coming out of dc honestly and they're they're, right. they're grasping at straws now it's like wait a minute like they hired someone who's truly qualified like he has so like i i pulled uh jason wright's like tag from mckinsley and company where he was recently working in dc and like his tagline it said like jason's work focused on modernizing higher education institutions government agencies and industrial companies through large-scale transformations and like that closing statement large-scale transformations that's what we're doing and I, th- yeah. I think, like you said, man, like he's he's definitely qualified. And it, I don't know what type of work he did with government agencies in D.C., but does that mean we're going back to D.C. in a couple of years when the lease ends mm-hmm. at FedEx? Time will tell. My whole thing is, is that just some of the reactions to this hire have been absolutely ignorant. I actually I would pull something up. I uh, got into with someone on Facebook about the other day. I thought I was going to save this for my show, but it just fits this perfectly. So one guy he said, well, 
first the name change and now this. They hire the first black team president in NFL history. Don't get me wrong. I mean, clearly he has an issue with it, but he yeah, says he's not the black yeah. male or female team president being hired. He says, but what I do wonder, though, was he hired based on his experience or his talent, or is he be- being hired solely on societal, political, and financial pressures the team is receiving recently? And I, I, I went for this guy's throat, man. I'm just going to read it to you. I said, Bobby, let's get one thing straight. He spent almost the last decade at a consulting firm, McKinsey & Company. He spent over five years as a player in the NFL, which is valuable in and of itself with player relations. I said, Snyder brought him in for the business side of things as he clarified as well due to his experience he is the first ever african-american team president which is which is history when that makes you mad you were on the wrong side of history he has an mba from the university of chicago so let's just get it straight that he didn't get this job because he is african-american he got it because he is qualified i said you rooted for the trash led bruce allen organization every sunday with undying loyalty and your response is not to this is not only a verse but you say it's the name change and now this. And I asked him, what is this exactly? You know, the organization, well, however you feel about it, is being progressive and trying to make change. Yeah, you know, yeah. I told him, I said, if your reaction is to anything, this, if your reaction to this is anything but positive, I mean, you're a part of the problem. Yeah, the guy is just ignorant, obviously, but uh, he just needs to look up his accolades. I understand his question. He just, he's saying, like, you know, is, is this kind of a thing where they're just doing it just for the face of it? But the fact is, is he needs to look it up himself. He yeah. needs to look up Jason Wright's accolades, what he's done thus far. And all he'll see is results. And all he'll see is legitimacy for the position that he had gotten. And it, all it, all this is doing is the Washington football team has a new face. They're showing that they're cutting edge. or are doing things that nobody else is doing in the midst of all of it looks like chaos. You know, and the fact is that they are changing for the better and there's nothing that there's nothing anybody can say uh, against it. it. It's a fact that that's what's happening. It just blows my mind that so many people out there think like this, you know, and, and these are the same people that just have a problem yeah, it's just with the time. It's just people yeah. argue about anything one day. They're just like, you know, yeah. what I mean? yeah. they're, just, they're just like for the sake. The guy is clearly the most qualified for the job. I blame Skip Bayless. Yeah, <laughs> I've given up watching <laughs> Undisputed. I nearly, that's, that's I nearly threw my remote at the TV this week. Dude, it's, it's a multi-billion dollar organization. Like you don't right. you don't hire people for feel good stories with multi billion dollar companies you just don't right. so it's I think the hire is legitimate, um like I said you know black dude looking at another black dude getting hired like a first twenty twenty like maybe the optics on the outside look like it's a and I hate to say token hire but I don't think it is and it's it's insulting when people even infer that it is yep. the dude's exactly the dude is qualified I I'm very hopeful as a fan of the Washington football team. That he's going to be like, like, like you said, Andy earlier, like the dude's been taking interviews, super articulate. He's not saying some bullshit tagline like Bruce no. Allen, like we're winning. No, off the field. Yeah, like, we've got a good like culture here. His, right. If you guys haven't seen his Good Morning America interview with uh, Michael Strahan, watch it. Just go. Yeah. There, there, uh, it's, oh, yeah. It's dope. He, like he sounded great, like a, just a five minute interview that got me pumped up. And I've never wanted to run through a brick wall over the naming of a team president and it has nothing to do yeah. with the color of his He's done more in five minutes than Bruce Allen did in his entire yes, tenure. And he yeah. seems competent and capable. And like you guys said earlier, he's going to do the business side. Ron's still going to have the football side. And just like Bruce Allen would dib and dab in the football side of things. And you're like, dude, you don't know anything. Like it's, yeah, stop it. Just handle the business side. And he handled it horribly. Like the, the Redskins value hasn't, it hasn't tanked. But we went from being like top three or four from Forbes, uh, you know, top most valuable franchises. I think we're number 14 now. Yeah, I think we're 14 now. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're tied with the Los Angeles Dodgers at like 3.4 billion. 
Still a lot of money. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot of money. What did you um? What did you guys make of the unfortunate news now about Ron Rivera? Obviously, in the week, yeah. um, like I said, I think I posted in the Redskins addicts, Rodney, which I like. I love going in there and talking football and stuff. But like on Friday's pod, my dad had the same form of cancer, so I know what Ron Rivera is about to go through. And uh, you know, like I said in my previous pod, I don't think my dad will mind me mentioning. It took him a good six or seven weeks with full-on treatment, Monday to Friday, and he did have the odd off day. And he, he literally couldn't get out of bed sometimes. So it is going to be hard on Ron Rivera. But I know, Carl, you guys haven't got it into it on your pod. I'm sure you will this week. But what's your initial thoughts, my friend, on the unfortunate news that we heard about Ron Rivera this week? It's just an, another just another stab in what it seems like a just a an onslaught of just complete stabbings over the course of the offseason. It sucks. Um, I, I know a lot of people piled on Chad Dukes, but the one thing that we have to take into consideration with Chad Dukes in his defense, when he put that tweet up, it wasn't released that Ron Rivera was actually going to coach through this. And he had talked to his doctors about mm-hmm. it. So I want to get put out defense for Chad Dukes there because I thought the same thing, you know, you just got diagnosed with cancer, dude. Maybe you should honestly think about stepping away because at all that extra stress put on your body mm-hmm. on top of having to go through chemo. I mean, I'm sure that's an, an incredible lot. And the fact is, but once he talked to his doctors and said that that was okay, then go right ahead, dude. I'm all, I'm all for you. I support you a thousand percent, regardless of what you decide to do. And I hope that you get through very, very quickly. And look, he surrounded himself with some great coaches, uh, some qualified coaches that can step in at any time. And I think that the leadership that they have in place here uh, with the players, they're not going to consider it an off day if Ron Rivera is not there. They're going to take this like Ron Rivera is there. And as the Washington football team, they have a very unique situation here. This could be a kind of situation where they can bond over. They can create that family atmosphere that Ron Rivera is craving, and they can do it very, very quickly. It's just all based on the captains and the leaders of this team. If they can gel together and do this for Ron. If they can battle out this season like Ron is battling out this cancer, I mean, sky's the limit for this team. I think that they're going to punch a lot of people in the mouths. And I really hope that Ron Rivera gets um, well and gets well quickly. Yeah, I think you speak for everyone there, Carl, that uh, we all hope he gets uh, well quickly. Like I've said, I've had uh, like personal experience of this. He is going to have rough days and like it's going to be a good thing that we've got Jack Del Rio I mean what did you make of it Rodney how do you think do you, how, do, how do you think it'll affect the team I'm, I'm with Kyle I think we'll just come out now and punch a lot of people in the mouth and you know I, I've said this for weeks anyway before I heard the news about Ron Rivera I think we're going to surprise a lot of people this season and I genuinely do believe that I mean what was your initial thoughts Rod? Fellas feel exactly the same way as Kyle and, uh, and you Andy like if we need something to rally behind let this be it uh, let this be yep. a, let this be a rallying cry for the entire team, the organization. Like you have a coach who came in as the Redskins, you know, football coach, and within a couple of weeks, coronavirus happens, Zoom meetings, name change, president, you know, being hired, team president being hired. Like there's just so much. Like when I heard the news Thursday night, like I literally tweet, like I think I want to cry myself to sleep. Like it it sucked because it's just like you said, like another stabbing, another gut punch. It's been the 2020 has been like the year of all years. Like we, we, yeah. everyone started New Year's Eve, like 2020 can't wait. I'm going to have perfect 2020 vision. Nobody saw this shit coming. Like we are, we're all blind. <laughs> we're all blind. Um, and like for Ron, like the bigger thing, like I, I got mad at Chad Dukes when he tweeted, like walk away. I was like, man, fuck you. Like, like the media, like I, I didn't agree with him. Um, only because 
I don't think that's Ron Rivera's character. It's just to quit right. on something. Um, and like, that's the last thing we need, you know, as an organization is like, okay, like we're three weeks from playing the Philadelphia Eagles week one and our head coach is walking away. And I get it. It, it would be an, completely acceptable, honorable reason to walk away selfishly as a fan. You're like, no, Ron, like you need to stay there. We're in a great, we're in great hands. Jack Del Rio's like head coaching career. Yeah, He's he's 94 and 97. It's not, he's not great, but it's 492. Like that's, that's respectable. If you want someone to come in and actually man the ship, perfect, perfect guy to have, Um, you know, Ron Rivera's right above him with like a 546, uh, you know, career winning percentage, you know, 79 wins, 67 losses. So, Anyways, I think we're good. Ron gave his press conference yesterday, and he was pretty direct with the media. Like, listen, I don't really want to talk about my upcoming treatment. He's like, if you see me in the building, I'm here. I'm ready to work. If you don't see me in the building, Jack has the job. He'll handle it as if I'm here. So from, like, you know, whether it's answering questions, getting the team ready, prepping them, you know, installing game plan, Jack will handle those things if Ron can't come to work. So I I think we'll be good. Looking forward to it. Yeah, hundred percent, Parker. What what was your take when you heard the news, buddy? You like you kind of like all of us. I think you know we're just going to roll our sleeves up now and, like Carl said, do it for Ron. Absolutely, man. I mean, first of all, the, the news just gutted me. You know, I, Ron Rivera. I, I like one of you just said he does. He's not the kind of guy to walk away from anything. You know, I, I was working night shift the other night and. Uh, girlfriend called me and you know she said you're not going to believe this I was like what and she says Ron Rivera has cancer and then she told me the type and I have kind of a personal connection myself like you Burroughs with someone who also has that type of cancer and you know it's it's going to be absolutely brutal for Ron Rivera he's going to get like I reported last night he's going to undergo cancer treatment for five days a week for the next seven weeks and you know R- Rivera's had a very tumultuous year you know I mean he he gets uprooted in Carolina former um, two-time coach of the year you know, former Super Bowl head coach, you know, I mean, his pedigrees there. Everybody knows the kind of guy Ron Rivera is. You know, when he ended up losing his job after he played us, I, I said that was a huge mistake by Carolina. I mean, I understand they got to move on, but you just don't you don't find guys like Ron Rivera very often. And, you know, I, I hate to use his cancer as like a almost a ploy or a rallying cry because I feel like that kind of derives from what he's going through and what his family's going through. Yeah. But my brain immediately goes to the Indianapolis Colts with Chuck Pagano. You know, I, they, they were also in a very similar situation where they had Bruce Arians step in and, and you know, he was – qualified enough to where he could head the ship and you know like, like ronnie said you got jack del rio just ready to plug and play right there you know he had a 12 and 4 oakland team that was completely derailed by a Derek carr injury if not no telling what the you know what this the sky was the limit with that team and and del rio has shown that he can coach in this league and and i hope it doesn't come to that but i think that we definitely have a very adequate option ready but like like you guys have said i agree with all of you when you say that that isn't the kind of guy ron is he's gonna he's gonna handle his business man i mean you know, he's dealing with all of this man you know wapo darius guys you know, I could sit here and we could talk for a whole hour about all the stuff that's happened this offseason, but he's handled it all in stride. And, you know, he goes out on the podium yesterday. Yeah, we had a bad practice. Everybody could do a lot better. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, he, he literally loved it. Love he, that. He called, <laughs> I think he, he is, man. I think he, he called out every single player yesterday. He was like, we practiced well for like an hour and then we were shit. You know what yeah. I mean? He was just yeah. like, you, yeah. like, that just speaks volumes for the guy. I heard a great quote this morning. I'll be interested to get your guys' thoughts on it. Has a coach since Joe Gibbs had a bigger influence on a team without actually taking a snap yet? I, I Definitely not since Joe Gibbs, for sure. I mean, that's 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 the easiest question I think I've ever heard. I mean, it's Ron Rivera, man. He he just brings the culture, man. He brings expectations. Something you always heard from everybody when, when he took this job. You know, why would Ron Rivera take this job? Who's one of the first guys he talks to? Gibbs. Yeah, Gibbs, yeah. Gibbs, 
Gibbs bring put put that thought in his head immediately and says, you know, this is what this is what made the team great. This is how it needs to be great again. And Ron Rivera knew exactly who to sign up for. You had a lot of people saying, oh, like, like, why the Redskins? Why the Redskins? Why the Redskins? Look at this roster, man. I mean, you got Dwayne Haskins, who can absolutely blossom in year two. You got Terry McLaurin, who should have won rookie of the year. You know, you've got so many playmakers here. And then don't even get me started on the defensive side of the ball. You get a chance to draft generational talent and chase Young. My, my thing is, as a as a free agent head coach, why wouldn't you want to come to the Redskins? And, you know, it, it's going to take a special person to turn the ship. And I, I don't think there's anybody more qualified for it than Ron Rivera. And he certainly gives you that Gibbs energy. I think Kyle can tell you a lot about that as well. I mean, he, he was more of a fan during the Gibbs era than I was. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Mike Shanahan had a really big impact on this team. I've said for many years, you know, I, I obviously doesn't go to the question because it's before he even takes a snap. But the fact is, um, we, a lot of credit doesn't go to Mike Shanahan and that needs to. Uh, the way that he built this team, you know, he built their success throughout the mid-2010s, throughout the teens. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his, the way he built this team was phenomenal. But the fact is, it is Ron Rivera. The dude had – and I wanted to make clear – you know, I've, I've always wanted people here in this building, in this organization that cared for this team, that cared for this area, that wanted to bring a winner here. And the fact is, with all of the chaos going on, that Ron Rivera did that voiceover for that video, kind of showing that he takes into consideration the history of this team, that he loves this area. And regardless, he's happy that he took this job. That meant so much to me. And that fact is why I was kind of like, okay, dude, like we as a fan base, Regardless of what you decide to do, we will support you a thousand percent. And that's where I kind of meant with the whole, like, if you need to take time, do your thing. Like, I didn't want him to feel forced that he had to go out there and coach again for the grace of everybody. I wanted wanted to make sure Ron Rivera knew if you need to take time, do your thing, dude. Because, like, you have already showed support for this area when you sh- when you didn't need to. You you could have came out and just said this has been a, a huge mistake. <laughs> I was not. I this is way too much on my plate. I was not ready for this. But he took it full fledged, you know. And I want to make sure that we give him the same support that he's given us. And the fact that he is still going after players and says that you know don't piss me off on Thursday night after uh, finding out about his cancer diagnosis and then choose out Wes Martin and calls out everybody at practice. It just goes to the character of Ron Rivera, and it's only going to drive them harder. Yeah, I mean, do you know what the impression I get of Coach Rivera is that he speaks for the fans, if that makes sense. When yeah. he talks, he's kind of speaking for all of us. Like yesterday in the press conference when he came out and said practice was terrible. You know what I mean? That's what I want to hear from my coach. I want to hear him calling out players. You know, an NFL game lasts three hours. Don't play well for two hours, ten minutes. Or like we did last season, I think, I can't remember who's, it might have been Parker, I heard it on one of your podcasts or... Um, we went to the first game of the Philadelphia Eagles and played well for a half. And we were, I was up in arms at halftime. And then I thought, hang on a minute. This is the Washington Redskins. This is what we do. You know yeah, what I mean? You ground yourself. <laughs> yeah. I was, it's a bit like I said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when I was at the Bengals game at Wembley. I had a chip field goal to win. Don't get me wrong. I was a little bit drunk. But I was jumping up and down like a crazy person. And then he missed. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I, yeah, think, uh, I think Ron Rivera has given us that all. He's, he's, he's one of the guys, if that makes sense. But we know he's the head coach and he, he's, he's installed that in me. You know, I'd run through a brick wall for him and I've never met the guy. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. Yeah, according to me, that game was at Wimbledon. Um, oh, yeah. Did you guys see Parker's tweet about <laughs> oh, that? Andy, Andy, all the way from Wimbledon. I was like, what the fuck was I doing in Wimbledon? 
<laughs> I, was, I was half asleep posting the pod and, and he messaged me he's like what the hell was i doing at wimbledon and i'd already posted it on all i don't, yeah, I don't remember playing I tennis. Like, oh my god andy thank you so much that's okay bro that's all. i know you, but, uh, you know you don't sleep that much um <laughs> guys moving on to the season i mean i like i said i'm really hopeful with our young squad carl i come to you first buddy i know me and you have spoke a lot of time off air and on air and on the podcast we all get into it what excites you most about the Washington uh, the, the Washington football team? I nearly said the R word then. Going into twenty twenty, maybe uh, let's start with the defense side of the ball. I know you're a big defense guy and you're very knowledgeable on that side of the ball. What excites you uh, for this team coming into twenty twenty? Uh, that they're built defensively on the defensive line in the trenches, you know, and the fact that Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, the one word that they have been saying a lot in regards to the trenches is attacking. Something that was different, that was um, was not r- existent during the kind of previous years with this defensive line. They're kind of taking the chains off of them. And that really excites me because in this league, something has been forgotten in the era of Pat Mahomes and Peyton Manning and uh, Drew Brees. And that's defense wins championships. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens can tell you about that. The Seattle Seahawks can tell you about that. The Denver Broncos can tell you about that. That offense was inept, and they still won the championships. And I feel like this team can really succeed this season because I've said multiple times, I feel like the acquisition of Ron Rivera and the mindset brought with him and Jack DeRio is more valuable to this organization than Chase Young, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. This is what this team has missed for decades and this kind of tenacity, this mindset, this, I want to punch you in the face and then go home and have dinner with my family afterwards. That's the kind of mindset that that has missed here, the kind of hog mentality. And that's what Ron has been bringing. And I absolutely love it because I feel like this team has a very good opportunity right now. The Cowboys have a unproven head coach who you could say won a Super Bowl because of Aaron Rodgers, or you can look at the giants and say they have a unproven head coach and Joe judge and the Eagles, Doug Peterson was uh, had COVID and you don't know, they don't even have wide receivers. Really. Their leading wide receiver right now is Jalen Rager. And then uh, Zach Hertz is kind of on the fence as well. So look, this team has an opportunity to take the league by storm. And I think that they will. Yeah, I'm 100%. I think defensively side of the ball, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be incredible this year. We can't get worse than last year. Don't get me wrong. But Roddy, what do you hope on the offensive side of the ball? What are you, uh, what are you looking for from us? Obviously, we had Terry taking up a lot of the work last season. Who are you hoping jumps out of the pack this season? Scott Turner. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly. So, like, here, here's the thing. Like, we had Jay Gruden's offense for the past, you know, five years, an inside-out offense uh really yep. push push the sticks um would would focus on a tight end position where a tight end was constantly hurt wasn't available um it was an aging position um so i'm for me i'm looking forward to seeing what scott turner is going to do with the personnel group now you're you're always here that we have you know um we got mclaurin outside then who's the rest of our wide receiver group i don't know but i'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do I look at the running back position. Everyone thought it would be Geis. Um, my buddy went to LSU. His daughter went to LSU with Geis. Um, absolutely hated the dude. So I wasn't sad to see him leave, to be honest. Um, I thought that he he had spoken more. Um, he was too active on social media. Um, he was like RG3 at the running back position. He just didn't. Yep. Th- there was no real reason for him to be an arrogant, cocky dude like he was. Um, 
Did you hear rumblings? Did you hear rumblings before the news come out? Then Rodney, obviously you knew people that knew him. Did you, did you oh, have yes. any idea about this? Um, not my, to go off on a tangent about no, no, life, obviously, because no, we don't want to get involved no, in him too much. But that's, that's fine. So my buddy, like I said, he went to LSU, um, graduated, you know, a couple decades ago. His daughter is probably like a sophomore, junior now. Um, but she was she was there with guys uh, her freshman year, and she just said like the dude was super arrogant. He was cocky. He had. According to my buddy, you know, guys had hit on his daughter, like, hey, you know, here's my name or, you know, here's my name, here's my number, like, come up to the room, like, I know who you are, like, fuck off. Um, mm -hmm. It's unfortunate, but that seems to be typical of just dudes who are in positions of power, you know, some dudes in positions of power, I won't say everyone who uh, yeah. does that, but yeah, my buddy Don absolutely hated guys. So when he got, when he got canned, like, the first person who hit me up was a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Talk about yeah, that piece of shit guys is gone, and I'm like, what? Like, what the hell happened? Before I even was tracking the news, and he's yeah. like telling me all about it. Um, but going back to like who I'm excited about, like offensively, um, I want to see AGG step up, man. Uh, so rookie dude, um, you know, got, got good size, good intangibles. Um, kind of coming from a smaller school. Uh, I think that with Harmon being gone, he's going to have to be our number two. I think that uh, I was going to say he's going to have to step up, and he ain't yeah. got much choice. I don't think. Yeah, I think Stephen Sims will be our guy in the slot, but I'm just I'm looking forward to having you. You got McLaurin, who's a speedy possession type receiver as well. Kind of reminds me of um, uh, Garcon from a couple years ago. Um, really hard nosed dude. Not as not as bulky on the frame as Garcon, but I, I think he plays hard nosed like him. Um, you got AGG, who's going to give you that size, uh, decent size, speed combo. And then you got Sims in the slot, uh, who should be a workhorse. And then if you once you start sprinkling in, you got still have AD, you got Antonio Gibson, uh, you got JD McKissick. So there's a lot of folks who say that our position groups aren't really that strong. But I think that our strength is not only going to be in our players, but our coaching uh, coaching hires as well. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I think 100%. I think, you know, we're under Scott. I think, I think we're going to do great things under the coaches we've got now. Parker, um, I heard this week, uh, what, who do you think uh, will come in at tight end? Obviously, you've got Jeremy Sprinkle, Logan Thomas. Who do you think fills that position come game one? You, you know, when it comes to the tight end position, it's definitely something I feel like we should have addressed in this year's draft. I did a lot of a lot of deep dive in some tape, you know, some Adam Troutman, some some Bryce Hopkins, you know, some Hunter Bryants. You know, I, I did a lot on Thad Moss, and I was initially excited about us getting him, especially on the bargain we got him on. But apparently they were tearing into his ass in practice, man. He was he was not performing. And, and yes, he was injured, but apparently he just wasn't – he wasn't clicking as much as, you know, Ball, Sprinkle, and, and Thomas were. And, you know, I think the obvious answer is of right now, especially after practice today, is Logan Thomas. I mean – He's a guy in Detroit, man. You know, I was I was at the uh, Lions Redskins game last year. You know, he 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 had a great game. You know, I mean, he wasn't burning the world down. Just he's a great route runner, very dynamic athlete. You know, I, I I went to a lot of Virginia Tech games where he was the starter, and he did absolutely fantastic. You know, he he always had that physicality, and you know, he he brings that to the tight end position. I actually uploaded a video of um a page while back tag Ryan Kerrigan in it where uh, Logan absolutely cracked him, man. So. Not only can he stand up, but, you know, he can put his hand in the dirt and absolutely lay people out. You know, I, I think Logan's going to have a good year. And, you know, they seem to be trying to find a place for him in practice. Um, I think Jeremy Sprinkle's time here is obviously up, you know, I, from what I've heard from camp and just, you know, just his numbers over the last couple of seasons. You know, he, he's had a chance to audition for the position and it just hasn't worked out well in his favor. You know, you hear a lot of stuff about this ball kid and, and you know, I'm not going to let the hype 
get into my head before I see something on film. But, you know, from what you hear, from what everybody's hearing about him, he's somebody that's going to come in, you know, being a lot of good packages. So I think this is Logan Thomas's job to lose, really, unless they bring in a veteran like Delaney Walker. But I, th- I think Logan Thomas is tight in one come week one of the 2020 season. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with Parker there. Sorry to cut you off, Andy. Not your final um, friend. It's Logan Thomas. I'm a Virginia Tech fan. When he came out as a tight end, it made uh, he wanted to come out as a tight end. And Mike Reed has talked about this numerous times. His numbers coming out in the combine, if you were to compare those to the tight ends of this year's draft, he, he was better than all of them. And I feel like I know a lot of fans wanted the team to go after some more eye popping tight ends. But the fact is, they were smart in what they did. Is Pete uh, Hainer went out and got somebody that fits the mold of what he wants. Somebody who showed flashes last season in a pro offense, in the pros, and showed that they can do it. And uh, last season, that's exactly what Logan Thomas did. He took targets away from TJ Hawkinson, who was the talk of the draft that year as one of the best pass-catching tight ends of the draft that year. And Logan Thomas outshined him. Um, Like Parker had alluded to in that uh, Washington game last season, he showed out really well. And they went out and got a guy that is a big-bodied frame that is able to catch and is athletic. And with Dwayne, who does sometimes erratic with who is erratic with the football at times, Logan Thomas has already shown today with two red zone touchdown catches, he can catch the football. And I think that he's somebody that actually could come up in fantasy leagues as somebody who is a sleeper tight end pick. Big dude, too, man. Six six. That's a hell of a target to have in the red zone, man. I hope it works out. I hope it works out, man. I was really, I wasn't really bummed about Moss not making the team, but you kind of. I think the name uh, preceded him. You're like, oh, Randy Moss's son never dropped a pass at LSU. Like he's going to be a sleeper for us and then never practice. So do, do you guys know if he cleared waivers? Is he going to be like on our um, – There's our there's no squad? official word on that yeah, yet. Yeah, I haven't said it, anything yet, I think. It's, I mean, it was, it was just a, a due process kind of thing. The team fully expects him to come back. I mean, he's obviously a very raw prospect. And like Kyle said, you know, Logan's very very much furnished. But, I mean, something that, that, that I think Moss brought to the table that a lot of our tight ends haven't had over the last couple of years is just he, he can block, man. You know, and he's not the most dynamic athlete, but, he, you know, he gets the work done in the trenches. And – I, while I like Logan Thomas, one big one big gripe on him is that he's extremely raw. You know, he did initially want to come out as a tight end, but as everybody knows, he was a quarterback. And, you know, he's had, a, a, a I would say, a smooth transition. But, you know, like everybody, he's still got a lot left to learn. And, and I do think it is a good gamble for the team to take for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, one of the uh, one of the questions that come in, as they said, ask the guys on today's uh, podcast is, uh, do you think Carl Allen will regret coming to D.C. now? I'll start with you, Rodney. <laughs> no, no. Um, I he's they're both young. So I think I think Kyle Allen, both young being Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen. Uh, Allen obviously had the leg up uh, previously playing in Scott Turner's offense down in Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think from him, a business decision, it was probably his best chance at being named a week one starter. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he came here during COVID. So like he knew that there was going to be very limited. Uh, well, he probably assumed that there'd be very limited training camp, uh, mini camps, etc. He would start with the leg up. Um, I'm assuming your question's tied to like the return of Alex Smith. Yeah, I was now, gonna ask because obviously me and Parker got into it on his podcast, and like Parker yeah. was like, Well, if Alex Smith does as well as he thinks he might do, do you reckon Alex Smith might slot in as the backup? Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at ESPN's uh depth chart right now as I'm talking to you guys, and they have Alex Smith as QB2. Now, Granted, I think it's just smart dudes mm-hmm. uh, 
putting putting people in positions with no real insight um, or inside knowledge um, as to how the depth chart's going to be, you know, kind of finally slotted for week one. But yeah, he, Alex is listed as the backup now. Looking at his his leg like that brace, like he still has drop foot. Like can't, he can't control his foot. Yeah, I Alex was my last Redskins jersey I ever bought. Like I watched that Project Eleven documentary. That yeah. was like completely like the most inspiring thing I'd seen recently, you know, recent years. I didn't realize that he had like, you know, necrosis on his tissue and like took from a took thigh muscle to make like it just it's it's incredible. And I spoke about this on our, our pod on Friday. Like, he would have been retired if he were a military soldier. He would have had a medical retirement for that type of injury. Now mm -hmm. for him to work himself back into NFL shape. Up at a position that's premium. There's only 32 men in the world that are deemed competent enough to start at that position. And he doesn't have to do that. Yeah, he doesn't have to do it. He's he's rich. Like, dude, it's it's awesome. But going back to Kyle Allen, I don't think he has any regrets. I still think he's in a great place. Um, with COVID, we said it earlier, it could take Dwayne Haskins getting COVID. And now he's, he's shut down for two weeks or a month. Who's going to start the team? Is it going to be Alex or is it going to be Kyle Allen or Steven Montez? No. Um, so <laughs> no. I, I think, I honestly think we'll keep three quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I don't think that Alex would be, I think he'd be a, a, a game day, a plain clothes dresser. You know, he won't be listed as capable. And especially if Logan Thomas is playing, he has quarterback position or skills. He lined up at the quarterback position at camp today. Um, uh, yeah, I read that too. Yeah, got popped by Sean Dion from Matthew and, Dane, did <laughs> Yeah, SDH laid his ass out around. Was like, wait, we don't. We don't do I told you guys to go hard, but not that hard. We don't do that. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah. Do you so, think yeah. that having no preseason rod doesn't help either? Uh, doesn't doesn't help. At, uh, it helps Dwayne um, yeah. because he doesn't have the chance to look incompetent versus another team's. You know, one uh, defense. You you're going so. Going against the defense that Dwayne faced that defense last year for seven, eight weeks. So that's mm -hmm. where he has a potential up on Kyle Allen. He knows the the sort of generic look of how he doesn't know how Jack Del Rio is going to call those plays, but he knows how people react to you know plays being called on the defensive side. So I think he would have the uh the upper leg there. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't see any regrets from Kyle Allen. I think he's in a good place. Like I said, they're both young. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if he's up for a contract renewal this year or next. I'm not. Did he come in the same draft as a as a Dwayne, or is he a year older than him? He's a year older, isn't okay, he? So yeah. So his contract should be expiring this year. Um, yeah. He's a, he's the same age as Dwayne. Oh, I did. There you go. Sa same age, but the contract. No, he's same, same year. Same year. Same year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. But okay. I think Dwayne Haskins gets the fifth year option. He's a first rounder. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I, if anything, they got a chance to grow together. If Dwayne isn't the dude, then we're looking at Trevor Lawrence or, you know, Fields or some shit like that next offseason if we have that bad of a season. I don't see Alex coming in and being, you know, the QB savant and saving us and making us go 12-4. and four. Like, I just – I don't see that happening. I think to get there, it has to be Dwayne Haskins and Dwayne Haskins only. But Yeah, I mean, Parker, obviously, we got into it in your pod. Obviously, I know you've got slightly different thoughts about Alex Smith if you want to enlighten us. Well, first of all, I, I just think that the – disrespect and i'm not saying ronnie has this or any of you are doing this disrespect but just something i see online is just people act like that that 2018 team wasn't good i, I mean we, we start off six and three yeah our offense wasn't burning the world down but our defense was playing great and alex smith was taking care of the ball man i mean that's just something that we're not used to seeing 
as Washington football team's fan, is a quarterback that's adequate and capable and and can lead the team. You know, if you ask anybody who's in that building, you know, Garrett Hudson, you know, he on our podcast tells us all the time just the impact that Alex had from jump just being in the organization. You know, he's, he was a true leader. And, you know, everything he's been through has been absolutely insane, but I just don't think that he would have went through all of that unless he planned on playing NFL football again. And, you know, he's gotten this far, so it's just – it's a conversation you have to consider, you know. I mean, we a month ago I, I uh, tweeted something about a possible quarterback controversy, and everybody laughed in my face, but those some, same people didn't think that Alex Smith was going to get to the point that he's at right now. And, you know, Alex Smith is a leader, man. He's got Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins beat just with his experience. You know, I mean, all of this is scary, of course. You don't want to see him get hit on that leg, especially after you watch Project 11. It makes you just kind of cringe at the thought of him ever getting hit again. Um, but, the you know, as far as other quarterbacks are concerned, I, I think if you're going to give an advantage to anybody, you need to give it to Kyle, Kyle Allen. You know, I mean, Carolina started off the year last year hot, man. I mean, they were winning a lot of games and they just kind of fell flat. And, you know, his head coach and his offensive coordinator come over to D.C. and then trade for him. He already knows the playbook. He knows how things work. He's plug and play week one if you need him to be. That was a conversation that a lot of people were having. You know, a lot of people were saying if Dwayne Haskins didn't get a lot of the reps, didn't look good in training camp, you obviously got to throw Kyle Allen out there. And, you know, you've already got your Kyle Allen, pro Kyle Allen people. You know, I was listening to a Washington Football Talk podcast, J.P. Finley, Pete Haley, and Mitch Chisler, and they were talking about how they thought that – um. Kyle Allen's been looking a little bit better in practice. You know, he's a little bit more efficient, you know. Then you got Pete Haley chimes in and says, well, you know, beyond checkdowns and kind of mid-routes, you know, Dwayne's trying to get the ball to kind of some deeper looks. And I think that that, you know, means a little bit more for his progression than, you know, Kyle Allen just having a better passing rate. Uh, to me, man, this this entire Kyle Allen situation just screams Kirk Cousins, you know. I think Kyle <laughs> Allen's is going to get a chance to prove himself in D.C. And, and show some other GMs that he can be a starting quarterback in this league and the ownership is in love with, you know, their first-round draft pick. And I'm in love with Dwayne just as much as anybody else is, you know. But my question to Rodney is, is that, you know, he was talking about kind of Dwayne's progression and, you know, how, you know, they kind of need to see more out of Dwayne. Does the offseason make a difference to you, all that, all that Dwayne's done, or do you think that's more of an act? No, absolutely. I, so when you talk about Kyle Allen also having, like, a little bit more upside, I look at the way the seasons played out for them last year. Kyle started hot, without a doubt. And then he tapered off and died towards the end of the season. Whereas Dwayne started like absolute dog shit. Um, but he had a coach and staff didn't believe in him and he finished strong. Um, so I look at that. It's, it's a league of what have you done for me lately? Neither have really done anything, but Dwayne had a little bit more upside towards the end of the season. Um, hmm. For me, he's probably not used to having a coach that believes in him. Either. No. Oh, oh my absolutely. God. Bro. Absolutely. No, I, I freaking dude. I started Redskins addicts in 2015 because i was sick of the the rg3 kirk cousins scenario so i i hope that this isn't another scenario you know open up in front of our eyes like i i want there to be a clear-cut number one i think kirk was that um once he established himself in 2015 and that fractured the fan base though because you have people saying no griffin's gonna be the guy i don't i don't want it to be the same way here i don't want it to be hey kyle's the guy or or Dwayne's the guy I just want someone to truly go out there and say, like, without a doubt, I am the guy. And I like I like to hear that Dwayne is, is taking chances in practice and he's not worried about QBR. Like that that's where you want to take your chances. Get the timing done now, because mm-hmm. even even last year, like Dwayne had some great passes, but he had some yep. overthrows. So his his timing was still off. He was he looked like a rookie. Um, and at times he looked like a, a, a wily veteran. So take those shots of practice, uh, open up the field, stretch the ball and see what you can get out of uh, your wide receivers. Not because, like I said, he's really only got two dudes, Sims and uh, McLaurin, that he's used to. Everyone else is, is a year one type guy. So We need, 
we need a gunslinger, man. We don't need a check down Charlie. And that is something that yeah. fractured the fan base, you know? I mean, that's what drove me mad about Kirk Cousins. But that's what that's what the that's the question I have about um Alex Smith. Alex is a cerebral quarterback. Like I, I like the dude. He's he's a winner. He's he's a proven winner in the league. But is he the guy who's gonna truly take advantage of Scott Turner's offense and stretch the ball? We've seen it one season for him in Kansas City, but other than that, like there was like a stretch, it was like 18, 19 weeks. Kansas City hadn't thrown a touchdown to like a wide receiver, and Alex was there, part of that. Yeah, so I mean, like, Kyle, what do you think the end game is for Alex Smith? Obviously, you know, what I mean, if he doesn't play at Washington, what he's not going to do all this, is he, and not want to play football? Yeah, he's doing this to play football. But to uh, the, the question I wanted to answer, though, to the Kyle Allen question, um, I don't think he's regretting it at all because mm-hmm. you have to look at look at somebody like Chase Daniel, somebody who has still is a backup quarterback in this league who's making a lot of money just being a backup quarterback. And yeah. Kyle Allen put himself in a position where he still has stock that's unproven, where somebody in the league at some point in the next two or three years could look and say, I want to see what that kid has because you don't get to see that much of him because he is a backup in Scott Turner's offense. And I think Rodney is spot on. I think there's a lot of questions about this Washington football team and Scott Turner is the number one. Um, Last season after Norv got fired, when Scott took over, that's when the offense kind of went away. I know Christian McCaffrey's numbers stayed the same, but as a team, they kind of depleted. They went away. Went away. So I feel like Scott Turner is a huge question mark. And with with to your question, where do I think Alex Smith ends up? I think what he is is a player coach, and he's there. And the right, reason right. why they activated him off of pup is so he can see the plays in real time, and that way he can be able to convey a legit message to Dwayne to Kyle once he sees the rep. He can coach them up on what he would do. And I think Dwayne is like Big Ben in a player comp. He's a gunslinger who early on in his career, he was ridiculed for holding on to the ball too long. Now, I feel like Kyle Allen is a lot like Alex Smith. And they're two very different quarterbacks. But if Dwayne can learn the kind of check down aspect of being able to take what the defense gives you that Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins were so good at, combined with his arm talent downfield, that is a recipe for absolute success and an MVP-type quarterback. So I feel like both these quarterbacks are in a very good position to learn from Alex, and that's what kind of Kyle Allen is there to do. There to back up Dwayne, learn from Alex, get as good as he can, and then hopefully maybe down the road he'll get an opportunity. Yeah, I think Haskins is going to do great things this year. But like I've said many times, what a person to have on the sidelines in Alex Smith and even Kyle Allen, you know what I mean, helping him out. He's kind of a coach, but not a coach, if you know what I mean. He's still got the title as a quarterback but you know they're going to be leaning on him more than anything than uh, come this uh, forthcoming season Um, one of the questions I've got for you guys as well um, I'll come to you Parker first of this my friend do you think the Washington organization can only move on when Dan Snyder finally leaves I strongly disagree with that Um, and and I'll tell you why you know I, I can be one of these stereotypical fans that just says sell the team, vice versa. Of course, everybody wants Dan Snyder to be gone. I mean, look at all the years of misery we've been through. But to me, and this is why I was so excited about the Ron Rivera hire, man, is that you bring in a football guy who is a leader among men who has has been a part of winning organizations, has made it to the show, you know, holds everybody to a standard and, you know, has the true – energy and, and, and ability to be a head coach of a professional football team in Ron Rivera. You've got that guy 
and you kind of, you know, hand them the keys and be like, you know, run the show, man. This is your baby. It, I feel like this team can do that if Dan just steps back and, and lets the football guys do their football things, if you, if you know what I mean. And I think that's kind of the direction he's going in this year. Um, you know, one of the big things with him coming in was, um, well, it was Rivera – People were talking about whether, you know, he he kind of felt like he was married to Haskins, even though he didn't draft him. And, you know, it, it, it's obvious it's 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 apparent that coming into the job that, you know, he was told, you know, Haskins is it, we're looking for Haskins to be the starter. We, we've invested a lot in the kid, but he's still making Haskins earn it every single week. And, you know, just the culture that he's already bringing after only being here for for a short period of time and, you know, all the stuff that he's going through. You know, I I, th- I don't think you could have gotten a better head coaching candidate. I know in the offseason you heard a lot about uh, Eric BME. You heard a lot about possibly Urban Meyer. You know, I never fathomed the thought of Ron Rivera ever being the Washington football team head coach, but I'm certainly glad he did. So, I like I said, there's been a lot of bad years ever since Dan Snyder has been the owner. And, you know, do I feel like that he can still come in and mess things up to a certain extent? Sure. But if he gives Ron Rivera the freedom that he is telling everyone that he is giving him and he is letting football guys do their football things, I don't think he can mess that up. Can he? Sure. But I, I just think that Ron Rivera is, is too strong of a personality, you know, to to for, to where Dan can sabotage that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, Carl, what do you say to them people that can't let's say like the. It's all well and good having a, a culture change. Let's be honest, we have had a great culture change since, you know, all these new people have come in, into the organisation. But there's a lot of people still saying, I, I was on a podcast over here in the UK on uh, Thursday this week, and they were saying, like, you had like people like Larry Michael, but they said the worst person is still involved in Dan Snyder. What do you say to them people? Because believe me, there are many of them. Um, I, I think that's short-sighted thinking. I mean, like Parker alluded to, if Dan Snyder steps away and lets them handle business, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I know that 106.7 was complaining at the draft time because Dan wanted to know what they were going to do with the number two pick. They were saying, oh, here's another here's another look into Dan trying to manipulate the situation. No, I don't have a problem with him want, wanting to know what's happening with the, pro, the most valuable pick that this franchise has had in over 10 years. You know, he should want to know what's happening with that pick, and I'm glad. The thing is, if he's telling them what to do with that pick, then that's an issue. And the one thing is with Dan, I've said this on your pod before, Andy. Um, Dan, I, I view him a lot like Michael Scott from The Office, where he he needs he <laughs> needs his, he needs his Dwight. You know, he needs that kind of male kind of dominant figure that he can lean on for advice. And what I think happened here is Dan Snyder hit a real low, and he confided in Ron Rivera, and Ron Rivera said, "Look, I know this is your baby, and I got it." And that's how I kind yeah. of view this. So. This is Dan's pick. This is Dan's guy. This isn't like a Jay Gruden guy where out of nowhere he just had to pick somebody. This is somebody he went out and got, and he's in charge leading the way. And that toxic culture that we've heard about for years and years is now gone with Ron Rivera in the building. And I think regardless of the fact, because Ron Rivera is there, because Jason Wright is there, because Julie Donaldson is there, I think that this franchise is headed for the better, even with Dan Snyder at the helm. When you say the office, you mean the good one that we made or the, oh, rubbish, God. the rubbish one that you guys nicked off? Hot of? take. The Steve <laughs> Carell <laughs> version. You, you know they're both great. They're both great. Come on, guys. Oh, don't say that. You Steve know what the Carell. You know. Let's, like, let, that could be a whole other podcast where right. you guys steal and butcher off us. But we, we won't get into that. Um, a little bit of fun here. Someone sent me. I tweeted a picture of the Avengers. They said, ask the guy what Avenger they would be. So, uh, Rodney, if you could be an Avenger, what Avenger would you be? 
Oh man, that's a that's a good one. The toughest question of the podcast is I never thought it'd be a question about the Avengers. Well, my favorite superhero is an unofficial Avenger in Spider Man, but um, I would probably say Iron Man, um, because his his colors are burgundy and gold, so why not? I'm gonna take the easy one. Iron Man, Parker. Well, I mean, you said Parker, Peter Parker. Uh, yeah, Iron Spider. <laughs> yeah, Parker. this is. I, I shouldn't have asked you. Really, it's kind of a given. Man, he tried to steal mine, but I, I took it back. Spider Man. Okay, uh, Kyle. If you could be an Avenger, my friend, which one would you be? Captain America, baby. Perfect military connotation. Book it. Captain America. Well, for what it's worth, I'd be the Hulk because I just like to go around and smash it up. But um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen your I've seen your Twitter and whenever you drink, I think that's right. Oh boy, that's I, really, I met know, Andy and... at FedEx after he was drinking. So yeah, you are the Hulk, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smashing yeah. beers. Roddy, I don't think these guys quite know what they're going to let themselves in for when we uh, when we invade your country next year. I've already said to Carl and Park and you, Roddy, and all, Reed Hall, we're all going to go out for a night out, and that could be a very, very interesting night out. Looking forward to it, brother. It yeah, whenever you it. get whenever you get Michael Reed involved, it's always a very weird situation. Yeah, I mean, I've heard some uh, Carlos and on his earlier pods as well that some of the stories that you guys tell. About we're like when you just go off on one, I'm like I'd literally like a buckle in. I'm like here we go, this is going to be great. You know, some of the stories that you guys come out with are just like it's the highlight of the podcast. I'm like this is going to be unreal. So I'm I'm, I'm I'm very much looking forward to a night out uh, a night out with you guys. But guys, this has been an absolute pleasure. It's so good that we could all get together. Talk some football, uh, just chew the fat. I mean, I, like I say, I listen to you guys every week. It's different for me. So I listen to most of my podcasts in the morning while I'm on the way to work or I'm at work. I know with like Tuesdays and Thursdays, there's Carl, you've got yours. Parker, yours comes out later in the week. Roddy, yours on a Friday. Guys, honestly, uh, I can't express my appreciation for the work that you guys all do. So for me personally, and I know everyone here in the UK as well, I spoke to a lot of people today. They're like, oh, tell the guys that we listen to their podcast. So you might, you, you might like you say we'll say it might be like our, our little old pod but guys your little old pod has made it across that massive pond and beyond so well done fellas appreciate it man it's awesome no man Th- thank you for bringing us on you know i like this little washington summit thing we got going certainly hope it's not the last time you know tell those people that we're thankful for man you know every everybody starts somewhere and you know you've you've gotten off to a dynamic start you know kyle you know welcomed me open arms when i started at brawl um rodney i haven't had you on the show yet but i definitely plan it on in the future so it was definitely fun cutting up with you guys for sure need to do it again Definitely yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me on. Of course, this was a lot of fun to be able to assemble the uh, Avengers here, you could say. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I appreciate everyone that, that takes time out of their day to, to listen to us and to hear us banter about the, the Washington football team. I've said it many times, this fan base is something that's special. Joe Gibbs alluded to it. And the content the fan base produces, I think, is better than any other team in this nation or in the, in the world, uh, to be frank with you. And the fact is, it's an awesome and an honor to be involved. Yeah, guys, I mean, keep up the great work. We, like Parker said, we, this won't be the uh, won't be the last time that we do this. We'll maybe we can maybe get together during the season after a game, and we can chew the fat after the game. As soon as the season starts, the content's only going to get better, guys. So uh, keep listening, guys. I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you all soon, fellas. Absolutely, Washington football. Right. Woo! Washington football. I've always wanted to do that, Kyle. Washington football. Woo! <laughs> well, Thanks, guys. Signing off. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye. Cheers, mate.